You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Welcome to part two of our AP Spanish series. I'm here with my colleague, Adam Belthouse, World Languages Marketing Manager at Savas Learning. Adam, who do we have as our special guest today? Thank you, Walter. I'm glad to welcome back Jose Diaz to discuss coaching students to succeed on the AP Spanish language exam. Jose Diaz was a Spanish teacher at Hunter College High School in New York City. He served as chair of the AP Spanish Language and Literature Development Committee and as a table leader and question leader for the scoring of the exam. He's led workshops throughout the United States and Europe and continues to act as a consultant for the College Board. He's also written guides and articles for several College Board publications. For Savis Learning Company, he's the co-author of Abriendo Paso Temas y Lectoras, Abriendo Paso Gramatica, and the AP Spanish Preparing for the Language and Culture Exam Practice Workbook, among other publications. He's a BA in Spanish Literature from Hunter College and an MA from Teachers College at Columbia University. Jose, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be back with you. In this episode, I wanted to talk about free response writing on the AP exam. Now, as a teacher, when your students submitted writing assignments to you in class, what did you find was the most valuable type of feedback that you could give them? I think that the most uh, valuable uh, item that, that I use in my classroom is the scoring guidelines. When the students see how they're going to be evaluated, they will be able to keep that in mind when they have to read the email reply or when they have to work in the, pers in the persuasive essay. So it is, it is key for them to know exactly what the expectations are. That's number one. Number two, we have to give students samples of good writing because up to that point, they may not have been doing a lot of writing in classroom, and perhaps they have never had to write a formal email or write a persuasive essay the same way that they will need to do it for the, um, the way that they need to do it for the, uh, for the AP course. So what, uh, what I learned to do throughout the years is that I collect the students' um, emails. Um, I do not correct their writing. And I will repeat the same information when we get to the persuasive essay. Um, I will just underline the errors. And I will guide them, the students through the process of how they can go back and evaluate what they have written. Um, so uh, some teachers give the students a little bit of guidance by putting T in the margin, meaning tiempo verbal or por uh, para or said and that, things like that. But I think at the beginning, at, and at the beginning, it does help. But I think as time goes along, the students should be able to look critically at their own work and decide, you know, am I using the correct subject? Is this the verb that goes with the subject? You know, uh, uh, do I have all the personal as where they are supposed to be going and, and, and things like that? So the students, if, if you go through that throughout the year, by the time that the exam comes along, the students will have a, a checklist in their mind that they will go through when, when they evaluate their own work. That's really interesting. It sounds like you're really trying to develop the independence as they look at their own writing and, and reevaluate and, and gain that confidence in what they submit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in the same sort of context, what sort of guidance is helpful to students who are writing in language that's most likely not their first language? I think that the, what I used to do also is I give the students, I, I mentioned a few of them before, I give the students um, a, a list of 
the most important or the the areas in which they usually uh, they usually make the most mistakes and you know like i was talking about you know subject verb agreement uh, verb tense throughout the writing you know to make sure that they're consistent um, the use of the personal ag, which is a major problem for some reason for, for many students, ser and estar por ampara. And these things are basic grammatical points that they really have to keep in mind uh, because that's what really brings their score down when, when they evaluate their writing. Like I said to you before, when I was talking about the email, the students should be able to keep that list in their mind. So anytime they do any kind of writing, give their work back and they go through that list in their mind and, and, and check what they have written. They sort of build that dependable personal reference. Absolutely, absolutely. And also make sure that you allow students enough time if, if the task takes 15 minutes, at the beginning you may want to give them 25 minutes so that they you use those 10 minutes to train them and to make sure that you, um, you guide them through the process every single time they do uh, any kind of writing and to make sure that they leave some time at the end to go over what they have written. It sounds to me like those would be helpful tips for students in, in writing in any context and not only for the AP exam. Yeah. Now, in the AP exam, we, we hinted at this earlier, right? The part C focuses on writing email responses, and that's something that we sort of do in everyday life. But are there are there ways that they can develop that skill particular to the AP exam where the stakes are higher than in an ordinary everyday email? First of all, this email is completely different to what they may have been using before with their classmates or with even with the teachers. This is a formal email that they have to write. They have to read an email and respond to it. Um, the biggest mistakes that the students make is that they are not consistent with the register throughout the entire email. So they start with, you know, estimada señora Rodriguez, um, gracias por haberme escrito, and then in the next sentence they use uh, possessive uh, adjective, which is to, you know, uh, or, or, or they, they, they just change the complete discourse into a, a familiar tone. And they have to make sure that they keep that formal uh, that, that, that formal register throughout the entire um, email. Um, the, also, the other mistakes that the students have uh, that make constantly is that they do not read the questions properly. And in the email, they ask the students generally two questions for them that they have to respond to. And many times the students get confused. They are not uh, quite sure if the information is being asked about themselves or about a friend or about their school. And the students have to make sure that they take the time. Again, here comes the interpretive communication again. They have to make sure that they read throughout the email uh, very carefully and underline what is being asked for them to do. Uh, the other area in which we need to train the students uh, is that every single email that they write for the purpose of this exam, they must ask for further information. And even though sometimes it is not clear in the email, uh, because the person who writes the email says something like, uh, uh, ya estoy aquí para responder cualquier otra pregunta que tenga, and that sometimes doesn't register, and the students do not ask. They, they're, they're being asked to ask the question, even though it's being done in a kind of a uh, you know, 
not, not a very direct uh, way. It's an interesting idea of how to train people for formal communication at a point in their life when they might not have had uh, a lot of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's when you look at the chief reader report, which is the person who sets the, uh, the standard for every single exam, or for every single question. One of the things that keep coming up year after year after year is the, the consistency in the register. Now, when students have to shift from writing a formal email communication to writing a persuasive essay like they do in Part D of the exam, um, these essays can pose more organizational challenges as they read, as they listen to audio, and then form an opinion and develop a response. Um, how do you like to assist students in these more complex organizational tasks? Well, the first thing is that is to be aware that the students may have never written this type of persuasive essay. They may have done something similar in, in their other uh, courses, but when it comes to languages, they using three completely different sources, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, so you have to give them good samples of persuasive essay. Um, again, going back to the scoring guidelines, give the students a copy of the scoring guidelines and using a good writing, a good sample of writing, guide them through the scoring guidelines to see what is expected of them. Um, then um, some teachers do it. I used to do it a lot at the beginning, which is to give the students some kind of a framework and tell them in the first paragraph, you do this, second paragraph, third paragraph. There is a little bit of danger with that. Uh, I think at the beginning of the course, that works very well because they do really need that guidance. Uh, you know, first paragraph, express your opinions, which will become your thesis. And then second and third paragraph, make sure that you get enough information from the three sources to support your ideas and to support your thesis. And um, that is something that um, we need to, to, to make sure that, that the students follow that format. You know, paragraph number one, thesis, paragraph two and three, arguments to validate uh, their opinion. And then at the final paragraph to summarize and to go back to the original, to the, to the first paragraph and to see, to make sure that they have accomplished their task. Um, I think that um, the, 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 the reason that I said before that I used to do this type of thing is because there is a little bit of danger with that. Because if you tell the students you need to write an essay that has to have five paragraphs, uh, you know, the students may be able to accomplish that that task in three paragraphs. And if we have told them during the year that they have to write five paragraphs, then they're gonna spend, uh, they're gonna write a whole paragraph that has basically nothing to do with the question or they just make things up or, so that's, that's the danger with, with this type of format. At the beginning it works, give them a framework, but as time goes along, the students should be able to navigate that without having to have that guidance of one, two, three, four paragraphs. That's really helpful advice. And this has been a really informative conversation. I think you've given students and teachers some great tips for tackling the AP Spanish exam. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Back to you, Walter. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to Jose Diaz for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This Moving Learning Forward series is presented by Savvis Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. 
Visit savvis.com today to request pre-K through 12 curriculum samples for your school or district. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savvis Learning with hashtag moving learning forward.